Damon, will you please sing Cuban Pete while you <laughs> mind control everyone in the surrounding area? Was there a mind control element? They call me Cuban Pete. Yeah, the cops I'm are the, dancing. Hold on. I'm the singer with the king, mambo beat. King of the rumba beat. King of the rumba beat. I'm chicky boom, chicky boom, chick, chicky boom. That's chick, chicky boom, chick, chicky oh, boom, man. chick, chicky boom. Sorry, roll the tape again. Fact check, fact check. <laughs> the girl that sings. Oh, okay. Is she also wearing a mask? No, she's a cop. God, I remember this movie a lot. Uh, welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. Thank you. Oh, you weren't I, Well, you, weren't you too. To yeah, okay. everyone, welcome. This Thank is you. the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they were any good. My name's DJ. I'm Damon. Um, I, I, welcome to you, Damon. Thank you. Uh, I like being welcomed. I'm like a vampire. I need to be welcomed into a podcast before I can... <laughs> kill you <laughs> where i can suck your audio what? energy <laughs> um i think we got something here it's appropriate that i'm welcoming you to this episode because i clearly have some uh, long forgotten um shame-filled uh, connection to this movie the mask starring jim carrey our friend jim carrey friend of the pod <laughs> jim you want to come up oh. He's shy. He's shy. He's, he's, he doesn't want to come on. I think he's, everybody knows he's a little Jim sensitive. Notoriously shy. <laughs> <sighs> he communicates only through paintings. Have we? Did I talk about that on Ace Ventura? I think this is this will be the third time we've brought it up in this show. The painting. Stop it. They're Just not, stop painting. They're ugly. How dare you? Stop painting. How dare you? You know how you're using your voice for a political speech? Stop it. It's ugly. <laughs> I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Stop it, though. Tell me what you remember about this movie. You thank you. First it. off, thank you. We were 12 when this came out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Early days. This was post-Ace Ventura. Yes, this was his next uh, mm-hmm. biggin. His next joint. This was, I think, I mean, I think a lot of this is also tied to Ace Ventura in that a lot of bros in my grade, which would have been seventh? Sixth, maybe? Um were into the mask. It was the it was the Halcyon days of Jim Carrey, mm. and uh, it was. Just, I just felt like an obligation to see it. I don't think I saw it until a video, and I think I saw it with my parents. I don't mm. think there's anything like way out of line that I couldn't watch with my parents. It's a PG thirteen movie, but just the fact that I knew as a young tween boy that I was expected to have. Uh, let me put this elegantly: a giant boner for Cameron mm. Diaz. Made me, it made watching this movie. Very uncomfortable. Did you, like, uh, audibly, in front of your parents, go, hubba hubba? <laughs> Am I right? Look at the games of that six-footer. Right, Harry? Right? We, uh, Harold! We, we Harold. both definitely find her attractive. Am I we right? We are both attracted to her. We both have erections right now. Things you get immediately upon seeing an attractive woman? I don't know. I mean, I do know because I have one. Raging. Uh, this was her me. first... Well, it was her first major appearance, at least, right? Yeah. It was her, like, this was supposed to be her And the movie role. is all up in her business. I will admit, I have seen this somewhat recently because it is available on HBO, and it's one of those movies that I'm just like, I remember watching this, I remember ha- having feelings for it, and also, as any gay man can recognize, having feelings that I am externalizing so people can see me having feelings towards it. 
see how normal I am. I'm just like you, Josh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's no that you mean straight Josh, not the oh, other Josh. No, no, no. Okay, Joshua, you mean? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> Josh. Um, but I don't have any hardcore feelings. I have seen it recently, and uh, I'll save that for the latter half. Okay. I don't want to taint the first half. Certainly not. I call it the front nine. I don't want right. to taint the front nine of the mm-hmm. pod. You always want to taint the back mm-hmm. nine. Yeah. Always the. <laughs> 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 All right, go ahead. What uh, DJ? I know you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, champing. Both. Either I'm both. Like Caribbean, Caribbean, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I liked this movie. I probably liked this movie more than Ace Ventura when it first came out. Like, even though so this was Ace Ventura was like enormous, enormous movie. This movie, while it was big, that's why geologists define you know time as right pre and post. post. But I feel like there's a it's a common acknowledgement that Ace Ventura is better. Like that, this is a who said that. I, I want names. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't seen this movie since I was little. But, like, this is, like, madcap, wacky, even more than Ace Ventura. Like, this is, yes, like, literally cartoonish. He turns into, like, a cartoon wolf. Um, I was into comic books at the time. And so, like, I, I went back. I didn't read the comics before this. But I read the mass comics after this. They're very violent. A lot different than this. Uh, okay. I don't remember a lot about him other than there was a lot of Is like, it the same premise? A guy finds some weirdo mask and it yeah. turns him into yeah. a crazy character? Is it as cartoon? Like, is it like in a realistic world and he becomes more Tex Avery-like afterwards? It's not so much Tex Avery as like, like violent mm-hmm. and uh, like... And it's, I think they go more into like the sort of darker elements of it. Um, but I also would have to revisit that because i don't remember all that i do remember owning and reading the novelization of this <laughs> movie DJ. i think it was even after i don't remember if it was after or before i actually saw the movie but i had it dj look we're all your friends here mm-hmm. and that's why we all gathered here to talk to you about buying novelizations of movies <laughs> don't do it this has to stop this i saw a copy of gremlins 2 the book in your room, it's disgusting. Well, I, you know, in there your was, room, in your home, there were some you nuances that I didn't catch the first <laughs> time I watched it. I have read the novelization of Gremlins too. Have you? We had like a bookcase in my fourth grade class, and I saw it, and I was like, "I love Gremlins too. Let's read the novelization." It's like a movie for your I was like, eyes. It's just the movie, isn't it? Why would I read a movie? It's not even the script. It's a novelization. <laughs> I expect this to be pretty bad. It's. I do remember this is the first time I recognized the score in a movie. Oh, um, do you know? Do you remember who does it? I don't. I have. I have a guess. Tell me. Just because I know Robert Zemeckis loves working with Alan did, Silvestri. Is this a Zemeckis? Oh, absolutely movie. Not. Okay, um, but Alan <laughs> Silvestri was like really good at getting right. sort of a good mix of like a score and then like cartoony right. music. In Back to the Future. Well. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this and I'm going to tilt my hand a little bit. I think this will be uncomfortable one because madcap Jim Carrey, yeah. mm. 94 energy or 95, 94, um, early CGI mm. taking yes. a human being and contorting him even more than Jim Carrey's already <laughs> contorted. Um, and, uh, weird sexual energy with the Cameron Diaz stuff. Yeah. 
Courtney Cox, immediately followed by Cameron Diaz. Wow. He's got a run of the gamut. I was going to say something else, though. I do remember, personally, once you said it, now I have that feeling as well, uh, that I liked it better than the, than uh, Ace Ventura because I really like cartoons. And I remember yeah. the cartoons it's specifically referencing. Right. Now, was there a cartoon of this as well? Did we figure that out? Uh, I believe your wife, who's on our R&D staff, um, she did find There Was a Mask Saturday okay. Morning cartoon, which we can watch, probably watch the theme song, too. I have no idea how we're going to watch this. We have not researched that. We're going to watch The Mask. We'll be back in just a second. El tonight. Do you want us to stop singing this song? <laughs> Donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash you and our child is an idiot. And uh, if you give us enough money, we'll do whatever you want, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, don't go too far. No, don't. Don't get, you immediately got it. weird about don't it. Don't ruin and I don't, it. No, why? We're just people having fun. We'll uh, read your name in the credits. You can have your name in the written credits. You can get uh, a drawing by Damon. You can get a song by me. All kinds of good stuff. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Boom! Bam, 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 bam. I can't stop. Hey, Pachuco. Why don't you recap this movie? Thank you. Lovable sad sack, Stanley Ipkiss, mm-hmm. parenthesis, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works at a bank in Edge City. Now, don't go looking for it on the map. Mm-mm. It's solely for the purpose of this movie. And, uh, you know, he's having trouble with the ladies, <laughs> I guess. And, uh, you know, he can't stand up for himself, and he, he wears... He has a pretty shit existence. A shigsistence, as I call it. Uh, yeah, I would say it was a shigsistence. Um, <laughs> We've had a lot to drink, you guys. <laughs> yeah, the sad thing is we haven't. Uh, he loves cartoons. Retro cartoons. Yeah, Tex He loves Avery his dog, style. Milo. Mm-hmm. He uh, has a mean landlady. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like noise. Who doesn't like it when he blares Tex Avery cartoons <laughs> while she's trying to sleep. Yeah, what a bitch. And, and, and getting mud all over her new carpet. <laughs> yeah. What a lunatic. Anyway, he's having a rough go of things. And uh, he goes to a club, the... Coco Bongo? Yes, Coco Bongo. Coco Bongo, which was later bought out by Chili's. <laughs> Not part of the movie. Uh he goes with his they, friend. And now they call it Coco Bongo, a Chili's production. <laughs> you can still get the uh, Southeastern egg rolls, though, which I appreciate. Bring those on, man. Southwest Ranch. Mm. 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 You can, I mean, it's an appetizer, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's a pretty good entree. You can get it as a meal. So Stanley Ipkiss, lovable sad sack. <laughs> <laughs> Is this where we are? No. Uh, so he uh, gets thrown out of the cockabungo, um, and uh, while he's uh, moping on a bridge, Jimmy Stewart style, uh, he... Aww. Oh, paddles. Not lying. Um, he uh, sees what he thinks to be a corpse in the river, and uh, he goes to retrieve it, and it's actually just a pile of... Uh, 
garbage with a mask in the middle. He thinks it's the someone that could need help, not right. not necessarily a corpse. But, Fair. Yeah. Um, he finds out it's just a big pile of trash, and there's a mask in it. Takes the mask back to his apartment, puts the mask on, and. Uh, Tornado, cartoon tornado, somebody stop me, I'm smoking. Mm -hmm. No, really, I'm on fire. That's very bad for your lungs. Um, And uh, he goes on adventures. He uh, pisses off his landlady, uh, smashes up his apartment. Um, What does he do that first day? He, what does he do? Oh, he takes on a gang of street toughs. Yeah, he takes on a great gang of street cuffs. I should mention he's got a big uh, cue ball, like green cue ball head bald head Mm -hmm. that's green which is unlike a cue ball just to be clear (laughs) he's Um, like an 11 or whatever (laughs) it is three he's like a six ball (laughs) i don't know um anyway he becomes like some sort of like theoretical superhero but it's really just like getting his own revenge on the mask is magic he can't be (laughs) hurt he he can kind of like make anything happens that he like that he can imagine he has cartoonish abilities such Mm -hmm. as stretching his body and surviving falls and i guess taking bullets at one point spinning around like the tasmanian devil spinning around ogling women in comical ways (laughs) (laughs) a power we all would have wished for (laughs) (laughs) i always make like like making old-timey car horn noises at people Mm mm-hmm like they're objects. Sometimes I, I make my glasses with my hands, not with right, magic, not with float magic. in front of my face and go. Sometimes I like to pull my eyeballs out with a vacuum and then uh, spin them around on dangling on their optic nerves and then uh-huh. sort of put them back in my eyes like a cartoon with my hands. I, right. I mean, I can't yeah. use magic, right. but I like to do it with my hands and it's funny. My favorite thing, just to mock myself for a second, I, I demonstrated the aruga with my glasses, and then I spent a good full 30 seconds resituating them <laughs> between my headphones and my head, because I'll never be cool. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you still got a chance. I mean, you're just in your late 30s, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'll really start to make something of yourself soon. If I know anything, it's about... Culture mm-hmm. is once you hit your forties, then they really start listening to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he gets tied into some like sort of generic mob thing. Cameron Diaz is some lady who wanted to open a checking account, and that becomes like an event because she's like boy, she's uh the girlfriend of Dorian. Dorian Gray. Chesterton. Um, no, I don't remember his last name. Dorian Gray. <laughs> Dorian Tyrell. Dorian Tyrell. Tyrell yeah. Who is Dorian a, Gray Chesterton Tyrell. A small-time mob boss um, who wants to run his own sort of schemes on the side. It's not important. Don't worry about it. He's just an asshole. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the mask gets tied up in this. Uh, Cameron Diaz, she gets, you know... Tied up at one point like you would in a cartoon that doesn't think that women are real people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Dorian gets his hand on the mask for a minute. The dog gets his hand on the mask for a minute. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey gets back the mask, shoots up a bunch of guys, and uh, saves the day. And doesn't have to go to jail for his crimes because he's a white man. <laughs> and that's the mask. And they throw away the mask. Smoking. Smoking. Somebody stop this movie look ma i'm roadkill i think we sound like leonard malton or something. <laughs> um okay yeah i want to say i stand by my enjoying of the score um the 
there's a lot of music in this, which we'll get to later. But the score... It's almost a full score. Well, there's the a whole movie. thing that I totally forgot about, which is the retro swing stuff. But um, it's kind of very, like, Gershwin-esque at some points, and mm-hmm. he's, like, quoting Gershwin. And then it's, it's also, like, there's some, like, Debussy-esque things. And, like, uh, it's kind of cool. It's a little heavy-handed. Um, yeah. It's very heavy-handed. But, I mean, for this movie, it's a little heavy-handed. What for, isn't heavy-handed? Yeah, yeah. But I stand this by that. This movie is literally a heavy hand. <laughs> it's by uh, Randy Edelman, I found out, who also did the music for other movies such as Twins and Ghostbusters 2. Oh. <laughs> and others. Ouch. Uh, they might, they might, those are just the first two I read. He might, he, maybe he did like huge movies. But. Didn't he win the MVP after the Super Bowl this year? It's Julian Edelman. Ah, his brother. Actually, I enjoyed the second half of the movie more than the first half. Okay. He did a whole movie bit where he's dying because, like, one of the thugs, one of Dorian's thugs, like, shoots him. And he starts as, like, he's he's turning into all these characters. He's like, uh, Toro, Toro. He's a yeah, bullfighter, bullfighter. And then he's and Elvis, Elvis dodging. And then he's a cowboy. And then he gets the gun shot out of his hand and he gets shot. And then he's like, you got me, partner. And then he goes through all these different characters. He's, tell Scarlet I do to give a damn. And then there's a fake audience that comes up. And, and starts he, applauding him. And starts applauding him. And he, he does like the Sally Field, you like me, you really like me. And then he goes to walk <laughs> off stage like he's at the Oscars. And then he gets, oh, I'm this way. Okay. He gestures, oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be walking this way, which is a very nice touch. <laughs> it's a very good Oscar. And I moment. think what, what my other favorite thing, aside from that in the scene, uh, is that the two henchmen, yeah. the one who was like in, who uh, Jim Carrey, quote unquote, died in his arms, moves, moved to tears. Yeah. And the, um, and Dorian, the gangster, like, Dorian, Dorian like, fixes, like, his like hair. fixes his hair and he seems very uncomfortable <laughs> that everyone was there the whole time. He's like, oh, well, Just this is a thing. Attention. This is more of a general thing, but I'm going to go ahead and say it uh, like that. I never really realized and this is I was I was sort of expecting to look back on it like as a kid I didn't care but I was sort of expecting to look back on it and be like this is weird that everyone's sort of going along with all his bits but it's magic and he's like sort of controlling them I it seems like the way, the way he makes the whole police squad dance at one point and and like he puts a spell like Cameron Diaz all of a sudden knows all the dances he wants to do. Right. And, and wants like to have he, sex with Jim Carrey in any yeah. way. <laughs> he turns the band all into a, like a swing dance band and like he does all this stuff. They're like under his spell for, right. for that moment. And so it kind of makes sense that like the guy's crying even though he just – he clearly wanted to kill him a second yeah. ago. And it's like – it's kind of like their personality but it's also like they're under a spell. And that it, it made it made more sense watching it this time than I ever had as a yeah, kid. I was just yeah. like, that's kind of weird. But. That that might make sense, and I think that's absolutely probably the case. I mean, it yeah. is also sort of like I mean, it's taking its cues from Bugs Bunny, which it always oh, yeah. works in Bugs Bunny as well. Right, like Bugs right. Bunny, you know, puts on a dress and Yosemite Sam wants to bone him, right? Right. Um, or you know, we'll start crying and then <laughs> Yosemite Sam wants to start crying. Uh, but um, I guess. If that is a feature of the mask, it doesn't work with Dorian, who, when he puts on his mask. Well, so it's a feature of cartoons, 
Right. Which is a thing that Stanley Ipkiss is obsessed with, as mm-hmm. we find out. And so I think because we find out that the mask sort of accentuates whatever that person's personality and their interests and their like whatever, yeah. who they really are. And he's a guy who's obsessed with cartoon characters. And so it makes, it sort of makes sense. Now I don't want to give it too much credit, but like just to be like, you can hand wave away a lot of stuff with magic. It's magic, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what they're like. He wants it to be like a cartoon, and so in order for it to be like that, they have to sort of go along with it a yeah. little bit. They, even his foes have to cry when he dies or, like, pretend there's an audience there or whatever. So, like, I, it's like – to me, it's like it made sense that it's part of it. Right. Even if it's not for Dorian because he's not a guy who's like – although he does do some cartoonish stuff, which we can get to, but he's – Malevolent. He wants to like and kill his body, everyone. His body swells up. Like his body yeah. becomes like he's played by a different actor. He's like a bodybuilder body. Yeah. After that, and he's like a got like a trollish face yeah. kind of thing. He gets yeah. to keep his hair though. Well, the hair logic in the mask is just falling apart. Well, and I guess that's the 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 way you'd wave that away is just be like, well, it's whatever he loves. The his mask hair. wearer wants. Yeah. So it's time for one last kiss. It's really emotional at the end <sighs> that was weird um i guess uh, i think i like this the the latter half of the movie because unlike ace ventura where i have to sit with like ace ventura the character the entire time yeah like this movie is a little bit better of like hey why don't we take a break from all the catchphrases <laughs> and just awkwardness <laughs> of jim carrey mugging it up and yeah. like it, he has this other character of stanley ipkiss which is by design, you know, mild mannered, and one would yeah. say a lovable sad sack. <laughs> you would several times. <laughs> um, and so I, I think I actually kind of like the character of Stanley Ipkiss. Um, yeah, with and he has with some funny moments. Sans but, yeah. the icky, like nice guys finish last stuff. Oh, but, I would like to get into that. <laughs> um, but his character, especially like at the end when he actually gets, uh, you know sort of inspired or like you know a little bit more confident and starts taking matters into his own hands when he's without the mask uh the actual physical mask um he actually charmed me a little bit more than than he would right he has some funny moments too jim carrey and that just as not himself but as stanley has some like good bits whereas like the selling point of this movie such as it is is the mask you know like him running around and mugging and doing all these like cartoon voices and cartoon sequences and stuff like that meanwhile i'm like why can't we just get back to the guy who works at the bank (laughs) fiduciary (laughs) um i want to know if cameron diaz is gonna get a cd or a roth ira (laughs) do you want to talk about uh Cameron Diaz coming into the bank and just getting immediately what? It was like throwing this whole movie. Like I like throwing a raw steak in a <laughs> Bengal tiger enclosure. I I I I mean during our intro I couldn't place like why this movie made me so uncomfortable as a kid watching it with my family, but now I know like with I mean I think the credits are actually still like the opening credits are still like you know silently appearing on the screen when Cameron Diaz comes in from the rain wet mm. lady mm. um mm-hmm. and uh the movie damon i don't know if you know this she's very pretty she is an attractive woman her yeah. her symmetry is exceptional yes um and she's got all the lumps where you want there to be lumps <laughs> and le- fewer lumps where traditionally people don't want lumps i want those lumps smoothed out <laughs> so the, the 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 moment you meet uh Cameron Diaz yeah, might, have, might as well have been that guy with a trumpet and a mute just shows up 
Walking behind um, her. The, the camera literally is snaking on the floor up to her feet and then pans up. Mm. She's bent over, like, fixing the buckle on her high heel or whatever. And so, you know, getting a cleavage shot mm-hmm. while she's all moist <laughs> um it's and she has a dress that with a slit up to her her hip i'm like it's nine in the morning yeah you can't have a manhattan and you can't have a slit up to your waist on your dress <laughs> those are the rules i will say i, I did we live in a society i don't want to uh excuse that because all of that that you just said stands it's it's ridiculous but also she is trying to Get in there, good grace. She picks Stanley because he seems like a sucker. Yeah. He seems like somebody that she could, like, his friend, uh, played by Richard Jenny, I can't remember his, the character name. Uh, Eddie? Eddie, Charlie? Maybe? Charlie? Chimpy? Maybe Charlie. Um, comes up to her, and he's very confident, and he's like, hello, can I help you? He's and by confident, be, you mean sleazy. Cre- yeah, he's sle- <laughs> sleazy and creepy and all that, but uh, he, she immediately is like, it, it seems like, you know, to Stanley's perspective yeah. that she's being skeezed out by him and comes to Stanley because maybe she's thinks he's cute or whatever. But it's clearly because, oh, this guy, I can get to do whatever I want. Yeah. And so and we don't realize that at first. Yeah. But then we find out she's there to film. She has a thing. camera. She has a camera in her purse for Dorian to like see the safe or whatever, some bullshit. Also a thing that's visible from almost any place you in that setup. need of the zero cameras for this. <laughs> Dorian himself could come in. Have you thought about entering the bank and, you know, looking, just take a just look. quick gander at it. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. It's got the pirate's wheel. Okay. I've seen this model before. <laughs> Listen, it's called a safe pirate wheel. <laughs> Safe pirate. Keeping your, starboard. <laughs> keeping your safe safe since, I don't know, whatever safes were invented. saves. <laughs> keeping your saves safe. Cameron Diaz's character does something that has bothered me even since I was little, which is she asks for a Kleenex off of <laughs> Stanley's desk to wipe her wet. Like, could you pick a, a worse option? For cleaning rain off of your body? Well, I don't know. When I'm drying off from being in the rain, I like to, one, gather the moisture off of me, but two, (laughs) leave little bits of paper all over my body. (laughs) I don't know what you're wanting to do. Grab your bumper shoot then if you don't want to be covered in <laughs> tiny little moistened, slowly evaporating paper. <laughs> just like it to like stick to me. Just <laughs> I don't even like using Kleenex for snot. <laughs> Maybe you should get some better Kleenex, buddy. <laughs> I prefer puffs. <laughs> puffs, man. It's a puffs house. <laughs> it's like puffs house, god damn it. Now, you may have to just do some, uh, you know, quick fiction writing here, but why do you think the Quiction. Do- quiction. Why do you think that Dorian has a headshot of his boss just <laughs> sitting on his desk? That is a question that Lauren brought up that is a very good question. It's a valid question. I can't dispute it. Um, for, the just purpose, to, yeah. for the purpose of the movie, he uh, Dorian is looking at this headshot and he puts out his boss's eyes in the picture with his cigarette, which is like, and then he puts it up to his face like a mask. That's what we call a motif that is called a foreshadow for foreshadow waiting for shadow yeah but let's just uh play act here for a second why do you think in canon he has <laughs> a headshot of his boss that he does not like uh well his- i mean i don't know if you were just not paying attention or maybe not watching the movie i was but edge city has a lively theater scene <laughs> that's true 
Uh, and if I was a mob boss in the next town over, Metropolis or Gotham or whatever, uh, Toontown, I don't know what's next to Coast Edge City. City. Um, you know, I would be like, hey, Dorian, uh, I, I'm sure you've got uh, your thugs, you know, roughing up some theater owners. Maybe you can get my name in. Just, you know, just an audition. I'm just, I want to make it myself, but I want to get my name in the hat. You know, it's not how you perform. It's who you know. That's that's the internet in a nutshell. You know, I hear they're, they're thinking about doing Our Town over at the local, uh, local theater. Just, uh, I'm just saying, drop my name a few times. Here's a few 8 by 10 glossies. Keep my, your cigarettes away from it, please. My contact information is on the back. Thank you. Oh, I want to uh, write this movie also, we're talking about now. Leave town in 10 days or I'm going to beat you to death with an eye iron. Right. But also don't forget the pictures. But also just drop that. and uh, You know, I was in a local production of Wizard of Oz. It wasn't authorized by the bomb estate, but <laughs> you got the gist of it. I played uh, Scrooge, but not in A Christmas Carol, in a DuckTales, a very DuckTales <laughs> Christmas it went over very well <laughs> at the Edge City Community Theater. I prefer community theater. You know? <laughs> one thing, one hurdle I had to get over was not a mouthing the, the other line. people's yeah. words. Yeah, like, yeah, same talking. thing. Same so thing. you yeah. get it, Dorian. Yeah, yeah. You get it. You get it. You've seen a few shows. <laughs> You've seen them. So wait, hold on. So even though uh, Cameron, I was almost still in character as the. <laughs> so can- even though Cameron Diaz was using uh, Stanley Ipkiss as a mock. Okay, okay. Now it's Boston. I'm just moving my way up the eastern seaboard. It's like so, Newfoundland accent. How did you By the end I'll just sound like Bernie Sanders. Uh so even Cameron even though Cameron Diaz sees Jim or Stanley Ipkiss as a mark when she goes into the bank in the first scene when she's all moistened mm-hmm. from the rainfall. Mm-hmm. As, um, as you are. Later, when Stanley Ipkiss, I'm going to say his name, lovable sad sack Stanley Ipkiss. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. L-S-S-S-I. She comes out of her limousine and, you know, <laughs> she's all, you know, into him. And I'm like, why are you into him? He's like, she's she no longer has to record the bank, but she's, Stanley, what are you doing here? Well, I mean, I think the movie wants you to believe that she really is into him. No, I'm like, yeah. but why? Well, he's a, he's just a nice guy trying to do his best. He's a lovable sad sack. You're absolutely <laughs> Thank you. Right. Thank you, DJ. Can oh. we talk about women in this movie just in general? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, she does get a little bit of the swing revival where, uh, you yeah. know, uh, Jim Carrey uh, forces her to dance with him uh, at the yes. Koopa Boopa. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And so she's doing a Jessica Rabbit-esque uh, little review yeah, that got uh, great reviews in the newspaper. Uh, probably one of the more uh, unbelievable aspects of this movie <laughs> is that, one, they have a functioning newspaper. Two, it does reviews of lounge singers and fairly sizable ones. Yeah. It was the headline next to filibuster didn't happen or something. <laughs> filibuster didn't happen heads up this thing didn't happen <laughs> so i guess is this that a is whole story you, edge city gazette this is why you keep not that scooped. the bill was passed which is usually if a filibuster doesn't happen then the bill got passed you want to report in the negative that's rule number one <laughs> always report what's not happening and okay. then everyone can surmise what Sorry. did happen. rule number one don't use passive voice rule number two <laughs> always report in the negative Tell me what didn't happen. It's in the it's in the news that you don't report. <laughs> that I find meaning. Um, 
Later, she comes to, uh, in one of the most inexplicable scenes that I actually had to make you stop and explain what had just happened to me. Yeah. Um, she comes to the bank uh, after the mask's second outing where he actually robs the, where Stanley robs the bank that he actually works yeah, at. Yeah, that Dorian was going to rob. Like, he comes zooming in right before they rob it. Right. Um, she comes to visit and um, she says, hey, I just want you to know, I'm not going to open a checking account. I'm like, uh, okay, I would have surmised that from you never coming here again. Uh, and then Stanley's like, wait, can I talk to you upstairs, please? And he takes her upstairs, and um, they have an odd conversation where at first I thought they were sort of talking past each other purposefully, where um, she starts talking about how uh, you know she really enjoyed dancing with the mask. Right. Um, and I'm like, oh, why would she tell this to Stanley? It must be because she knows Stanley is the mask or has a feeling that Stanley is the mask. And Stanley, uh, you know, then says, well, you know, I know the mask. And she goes, huh? Basically, her face says, uh-huh. um, and I'm like, I thought that was the whole point of the scene was establishing that she already guessed who the mask was. But it wasn't, so it made the scene completely that would take some agency. inexplicable. It all it did was uh, le- allowed her to say, "I want him to meet me at at the park later," um, which he does. And then she seems like she doesn't want to be around the mask, mostly because he's terrifying and obnoxious, right. and possibly a rapist. And that scene is also really problematic when they actually go to the park. It's yeah. got a Pepe Le Pew vibe, I think, on purpose. But yeah. in retrospect, Pepe Le Pew is. Gross. Yeah. Um, and all signs point to Cameron Diaz not wanting to be there, her character not wanting to be there. She tries to get away. The mask stops her. He kind of like, uh, sort of, I can't, I don't think he lays her down on the park bench, but she's laying on the park bench. And he starts, starts to crawl over her, which mm. is real creepy. Um, but then the cops show up. And, and then the cops yeah. show up. And then she seems kind of into it. And then later on, I think she pieces together that Stanley is the mask. And she visits him in jail. And the whole thing is, like, Cameron Diaz's character is gross. And the weirdest part is, like, she she says later on in the movie, near the end, or at the very end, uh, yeah. she says, you're the only person who, who treated me like a real person and, and didn't treat me like, a, you know, a pretty th- trophy. And I yeah. was like, there was a scene of him literally turning into an animal to ogle you yeah. at the, the the club like what the fuck are you talking about yeah it goes into the whole thing so uh, speaking of the other women characters the other one character is peggy uh, oh yeah there are two women yeah two more women i mean i guess the the landlady is the other woman character. landlady She's, peggy and uh female cop number one that's right yeah and she is literally just a prop in, <laughs> in his cuban pete uh, yeah number but uh, Peggy, who's a reporter that's kind of on to Stanley a little bit, uh, eventually she helps Stanley get away from Dorian's guys – or no, away from the cops. Mm-hmm. And then while they're at the newspaper, which is a place that a reporter takes people, I guess, um, they're at like where the printing yeah. press. She – Stanley confesses that he's the mask and they're kind of having this moment and she's like – because she has a – Dear Penny or whatever, what is it? Dear Peggy. Why would it be a different name? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has or had a Dear Peggy column. Yeah. Which apparently it's established early on in the movie that Stanley wrote into. Yeah. And she got so much fan letter, hundreds of letters from women looking for a guy like you. And Um, she's like, she's into, she's clearly 
indicating that she's into him. And then right. he's like, do you really mean it? And she's do you like, remember what the letter was called? Nice guy something. Nice guys finish last. Yeah. Also known as red flag number one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Like just the whole nice guy vibe. Yeah. I mean, this movie seems like a lot of like, uh, to use the parlance of uh, alt-right guys, uh, beta male wish fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, Stanley is, you know, lovable sad sack. <laughs> um, and, you know, he gets a mask that allows him to, uh, you know, sort of uh, get petty revenge on people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes murderous revenge, mm. such as when he stuck a transmission up a person's uh, anal an, passage. It's an exhaust pipe. Let's be Exhaust accurate. pipe and exhaust pipe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, um, uh, what I'm trying to say is he committed anal violence against some car repairmen. Yes, that is true. I mean, in the movie, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but so there's a, there's that vibe, which is in this day and age does not really sit well as well as it would have in 1994. Yeah. Um, the nice guys finish last is like warning, warning. You're talking to a creep. It's just like, uh, it's not like it's not an automatic deal breaker, but it like it's uh, it's like you're you're walking into a really <laughs> dark wood in the middle of the night and you hear like lots of angry animals like you mo- you won't necessarily get eaten, but it's not the best situation that you want to walk into. <laughs> and one of those animals is like women just like cars and money. <laughs> nice guys finish last. That's yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I deserve you. That's like, I like, kept listening to all her stupid stories and now she won't sleep with me. What's yeah. the deal with that? <laughs> like the, the idea that women owe you right. their company or a date or sex or anything is sort of where that whole thing comes from. And as someone who would have sympathized with that earlier in my life and now look back at it on it and go like, ooh, gross. Like it's, it can be hard to watch like when people yeah. talk like that. Well, I think, I mean... I don't want to defend it entirely, but I think it's a very common thing for yeah. teenage boys to think. Well, like you like and the, if your thinking yeah. never progresses past that point of like, oh, you know, women don't owe me things, yeah, then then you're just going to be a stunted man baby for the rest of your life who thinks that uh, women who, you know, when I spend any amount of time with and I treat them with respect, you know, for a little while deserve, you know, they should want to sleep with me. That's, that's the logic of a 13 year old boy. Right. (laughs) But I bought you dinner. Okay. You should have gone Dutch, you moron. Thanks for the dinner. (laughs) Uh, so that, that was like an icky part. I will say, Oh, I thought her Peggy turning him into Dorian, um, is actually a pretty good twist. Like I did not see that coming. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes her character like, I mean, I guess the, her character is entirely a setup. I don't know because that the I think the reward was offered after she had already talked to right, wasn't it? Yeah. So she so, might I mean, have she might have literally been interested in him. Yeah, but I, I guess it's like uh, in in terms of the story, right. she's just yeah. like a setup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was a pretty good twist, and um, that's how Dorian gets the mask. Mazel tov, Dorian. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I don't know where I'm just spinning my wheels. I want to talk about the swing or Bible. Let's talk about. Okay, I'm going to cross out anal violence from my notes real quick. This movie is like super into the swing revival that was like really 
this this movie didn't start it, but it did like add it a lot. It predates it by like a few years. No, it was it was started. I looked this up. Ooh, nice. It started in the like technically 80s with like uh the stray cats and yeah. stuff but then it like but like picked up by the early 90s this was like this stray was like cats peak st- swing though well it's not the full like big band eventually brian setzer did right. like the big band stuff but like and that was later that was like the late 90s but the like all the bands that are on this soundtrack uh royal crown review and what's the other one the um that was the only big one i remember now. voodoo daddies were they no i don't remember they weren't on there i would have oh. recognized that one I do remember. I mean, they all sounded like a squirrel nut zippers and uh, cherry pop and daddies. Yeah. And who was it? big bad voodoo daddy? Yeah, they were. The in rule there is somewhere. you have to have three to four words in your title. I think so. But yeah, they they were like this was definitely the big part of it because Swing Kids came out a couple years before that, and that added to it a lot. With okay. Forties like thing, and then thirties, uh, forties, I guess, and then uh, this added a lot to it too and then so where does that so is the ska th- when was the ska thing ska that- i mean that's 98 99 mighty motor boss mighty motor bobo mighty mighty boss tones and uh so that well, was sugar ray also i mean was semi ska so there's there had to have been like some overlap to, like the swing this swing revival and then ska i mean they don't it's not linear but like they kind of one grew out of the other, right? I mean, like, it's very related, even though it's not the same yeah. kind of music. Like, if there's a guy just on stage, just dancing, that's ska. That's ska. Yeah. When it's like, it's, you know, comes from like that sort of the upbeat reggae thing. Right, right, right. But like, way too fast, which is like the the white people thing to do with anything cool is like, <laughs> yeah, do that, but like, way too fast. Is there anything, is there any sound more annoying when you're trying to sleep than someone? Blasting cartoons really loud. <laughs> this is a question for the parents out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, his landlady, I mean, is completely insane. Yes. And she's she behaves really, she's very mean in an, in an unnecessary way, but she's got very good points. And she starts shooting at people willy-nilly. That is true. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. She does sort of remind me that one of the things I kind of liked about this movie and we sort of hinted at this with you know when people might be under a spell when they're around the mask and that they sort of like give right. into this fantasy um is that edge city itself is kind of like it's i feel like they could have put a little bit more into it but it's skirting into like being a really nicely established world where it kind of makes sense where this stuff might make sense because we i think it annoyed you maybe more than it annoyed me but robert robert Raggart. Peter Reigert, uh, the the character. It's I think it annoyed you more than it annoyed me. But Peter Reigert, who plays the inspector, sort of trailing behind Ipkiss almost the whole movie. Um, he kind of talks in like a nineteen forties almost kind of yeah, sing songy like way. Sing songy, yeah. Um, everyone sounds like they're doing a Jimmy Cagney impression the whole movie. <laughs> no, those pajamas are impossible. This happened. Like the, there's sort of a, a melodic, like purposefully uh, archway that yeah, people are talking. Right. And the landlady, I mean, she's like literally wearing a muumuu. She's got curlers in her hair. She has a giant fucking shotgun. Right. Um, the uh, the street toughs um, that the mask um, shoots up with a balloon animal slash Tommy gun. Um, they yeah. all look. They look less like Street Toughs from a Jimmy Cagney movie, but more like uh, Street Toughs from the hyper-gay 
uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin movies. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it, Edge City does have, like, kind of a Gotham, like, stuck in the 40s? Like, like there's, the 40s-ish, like, 40s-ish, but, like, with neon lights everywhere. Yeah. Um, it actually sometimes reminded me of Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy. Like, right. there are a lot of primary colors, big splashes of bright color everywhere. Um it, nothing made any sense. Like, why is this Copacabana restaurant the the big, the best place to go in this godforsaken <laughs> town? Um, why was the, I mean the 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 charity ball was a um, you and I laughed because <laughs> Richard Jenny at one point goes, "I got us tickets to the charity ball," and I'm like, "What char? No need to mention the charity." And then when we find out what the charity is, what is it? War, war orphans. orphans. <laughs> what war orphans? <laughs> It's 1994. Does it matter what war orphans, Damon? What's wrong with you? I just, I just, I just like to know. How did your parents die, Billy? And just the way that's phrased, for some reason, I can't in my mind figure out whether it's for um, orphans who became orphans because because of the war, or orphans who've been trained to fight. Or equally tragic. A third option you're not accounting for. Wars who lost their parents. <laughs> Do you know that World War One died 15 years before World War Two began? That's sad. That's sad. Were there only 15 years between those wars? I have no fucking idea, actually. Uh, 19... World War One ended in 1919, World 20. War II. Do you want me to have an American-centric view or a European-centric view? European. So it would be 39, right? That's when it... Yeah, 39. So 20 years. You were pretty close. I'll take that as a, you were right all along, Damon. Bing! My, it's my eighth grade history teacher, uh, Mr. Starrett, right over there. He's clapping <laughs> Thank for you. you. Thank you. You can sit down. No, you're the hero. He wants you to spit out your gum? This is weird. <laughs> weird. Can no, we talk about, I mean, I've sort of hinted that the last half of the movie is better than the first half because the mask isn't in it as much. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the mask, um, he kind of has like stop, a stop trying to make fetch happen thing going on With where it feels like gun. everything is catchphrase. Uh, I'm like, everything feels like when you're watching a local commercial and you're like, I'm not sure <laughs> Where in the the advertisement campaign I am in this? You're talking but. about three ninety nine sofa store, and I know it because both of you every time that comes on, they play these commercials all the time. We're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I know the and guys. It's obvious that we're so many degrees from knowing how this series progressed because I know that that we're like twenty sofa- years into this, and we are just trying to pick it up. It's like jumping into passions <laughs> this twentieth year, and being like, wait. What? If Who's- you're jumping into Passions now, you're only watching the last episode. It's been off for like 10 years. <laughs> Still, you but get But 399 Sofa Store is a furniture store here in Tennessee. Uh, yeah. Now, I know when it began, probably right when I was out of college, and it was just like a, a CGI little man, and he just dressed like a normal man. He had a it was like shirt the- on. He had jeans on. It was presumably the owner. like Presumably a cartoon- based on the owner. Yeah. And then as it's... I don't know what happened, but at some point I lost the thread, and He's now he superhero. is in a superhero cape. There's a little version of him that speaks with a French accent, starts yelling at him, tries to steal the sofas, I assume, gets eaten by a sofa in one commercial, and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. 
And that's how I felt every time the mask was talking, just to tie it back in. Yeah. Uh, every time the mask, I was like, is that a reference to a movie I haven't seen? Like, what are we talking about? Like, and sometimes, comes- yes. <laughs> sometimes it is a reference. Um, some, oh, there was one, when he comes into the, the, uh, the car repair, the mechanics, I keep not thinking of the word mechanics. I'm like, car repairman? Are you familiar with this turn of phrase, the car repairman? <laughs> Um, he keeps oh, coming. Oh, a car ripperman? <laughs> ripperman. Um, he, he walks in and he goes, Hold on to your lug nuts. It's time for an overhaul. And I'm like, is that a thing that's been said? Is that, am I supposed to like, should there be a glimmer of recognition when you say that? And then later when he falls in the street and gets run over by a car, Judge, Judge Doom style, he pulls himself off the street, looks at the camera and says, look, Ma, I'm roadkill. And I'm like, is that a reference to look, Ma, no hands, And but instead you're roadkill? I don't feel like I, I feel like I'm missing several steps in the progression to look, Ma, I'm roadkill. I think he's just trying to do the, the Tex Avery thing, you know, like, like where they're like, oh, what a revolting development or whatever. Like they'll just say something. <laughs> Suffering suck attack. <laughs> but you're like, well, he comes what? off like me af- at a party where I know absolutely no one. And I've just been drinking gin and tonics because I don't know what else to do with my hands. <laughs> and then after a while, I'm just saying things and I can't stop myself. And my brain's like, what's going on? And that's when you said something bad about Sandra Bullock and the whole party turns against <sighs> you. That <sighs> if I had been there, I would have just like grabbed your shoulder. We would have jumped out the window together, mask DJ, style. one time when we were living together, it was the year that Sandra Bullock won for her Academy Award. DJ and I lived together. He knew he was in a safe space when he was with me to badmouth Sandra Bullock because I don't really care for her. But one time he was at a party, mostly gay men, started badmouthing Sandra Bullock, lost the crowd. It was it was scary. And he texted me. He's like, is Sandra Bullock and gay men a thing? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> I had to pull the ripcord and get out of there. It was, it was, it was terrible. Sorry, guys. I was just making fun of a guy who would hate Sandra Bullock. Aren't they all morons? My friend Ryan, whose house I was at, was like, he looked at me. He did not say anything, but he looked at me like, I can't help you out of this one. <laughs> Here's a hundred bucks. Get out of here. <laughs> I've already called you a cab. I'll uh, see you at the reunion. And also the smoke. I assume the smoking thing. Smoking. I assume that was an actual mask thing. Is it that a thing be. the mask says? It must be. And what was the other one? What's the other thing he says? Somebody, Somebody stop, stop me. me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's time for a party. P-A-R-T-Y? Because I gotta. Is he supposed to? I, I never got a so beat on what. when you do that. I never get a beat on what the mask's voice, like resting voice, is supposed to sound like. Not that there is a resting state for the yeah, mask. Yeah, right. But I'm like, does he talk like this all the time? And also, I was confused as to like, <laughs> Stanley Ipicus seems to suffer from amnesia every time he takes off the mask until about Act Two, and then it's just like he can take the ass, the, the ass off, the mask off willy nilly. Dorian Gray or whatever, he seems to just like be able to put it on and off. He doesn't seem to be changed in a mental capacity. Yeah. He seems to be fully aware of what he's doing. So, well, explain yeah. that one, smart guy. No, I can't. Okay, one more thing I want to bring up, just because it's a logical leap that drove that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley Epicus, as the mask, robs his own bank, and. Right. Uh, Peter Rygert's character starts to suspect that Stanley Ipkiss is the mask. And he's like, get me a fingerprint at the bank and we'll 
track it down and they were like well it's none of dorian's men but it is stanley ipkiss i'm like stanley ipkiss is a works at the bank works at the bank like if my office was robbed and someone was like see if there are any fingerprints from damon's anthopolis and they're like yeah they're all over this character damon's anthopolis's desk and like book them it doesn't make any fucking sense no. i don't mind like i know that movies are movies and they're not gonna like nail the police work 100 percent, but like yeah I shouldn't be able to figure you it out. You gotta help me out a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, give me something. Totally. Yeah. All right, you wanna go to the verdict? I think so. Hold on, let me see my last note. Oh, yeah, I already have my last note. Well, I'd like to see somebody stop me <sighs> from going to the. No, okay. Before we get to the verdict, yeah, I would like to make a candidate for MVP. Oh, the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP mm-hmm. Award? Milo the Dog. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. I Seconded. very much enjoyed his performance. And I don't just mean, you know, oh, it's a dog. He, he was a very good dog. He was and a he good had, like, dog a character, actor. Like a personality yeah. that didn't feel like it was like being imposed through like people talking. But like he would he wanted... Uh, people to throw things and he would never let go of them for them to throw it. It yeah. was very charming. So thing a drop dog it, would do. Drop it. Drop it. And yeah, put some effort into it. He does that, that yeah. to him. That, he has, he has good interaction with Jim Carrey. And mm-hmm. uh, at one point the dog's trying to sneak the, the jail cell keys from the guard and he's like pulling on them and the guard like sort of wakes up and he stops. And he has the little dog look, yeah, which makes you think again. he has human thoughts. It was very good. Very good performance. Uh, and they, I feel like another thing that I like, so the dog puts on the mask at some point. And mm-hmm. it, it is very silly, but it is it's fun and it's brief. And they didn't I feel yes. like they didn't try to make it a thing. You know what I mean? Like the smoking and the somebody stopped me and like you're trying to make it a thing. But the dog was like a good bit. It's some crazy CGI and now looks really weird. But it's still <laughs> like it's funny. It's a good bit and it's right. like it's like what, like three minutes long? Yeah. The probably. whole thing. Now we watched the trailer for Son of the Mask, which is a which movie really came. went leaned in hard on dog in mask situation. They, they were like, "We got to capitalize on this thing that happened 17 years ago." Or whatever. <laughs> um, Always a good sign that no one uh, came back to reprise their roles. <laughs> Always a great sign. You got to start fresh with the sequel. That's mm-hmm. what I always say. Yeah, just wipe the memory clean, and any goodwill that the first movie gave you, just do not use it at all. <laughs> Although I will say, you know who does reprise his role in The Son of the Mask? Who? Ben Stein. Oh. Mm, there's a free market of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, what, what, do you, what do you think? I will, uh, surprisingly, I will say this movie, your inner child is not an idiot. Uh, I do not like the mask portions of this movie, but this is, I think it's a better movie than Ace Ventura. It didn't make me nearly as uncomfortable. It seemed to have an attitude towards the mask that I I think I asked openly in our Ace Ventura episode. I was like, am I supposed to like Ace Ventura? Yeah. And this movie was like, no, you are not necessarily supposed to like the mask. Yeah. He like murders people. (laughs) So I like that it sort of created an actual universe. It was very charming. Sometimes I was uncomfortable by the mask, but I it sort of fell after the first like sort of a first few awkward outings it sort of fell into a rhythm that i kind of liked and i thought stanley ipkiss as a character was good and i think showed a true not truman jim carrey's chops 
the reason I called him Truman is because it reminded me of the Truman Show when yeah. he sort of finds that rubber Lovable face mentality. Sack, Truman, <laughs> lovable sad sack. Truman, he's able to use like that talent he has of like wacky voices and that sort of rubber face. Like, oh, if I just hold back on it a little bit, I can use it to greater effect in specific scenes. And right. so I feel like you sort of see that progression as you're going in the mask. So yeah. I would say this movie has a lot of problems that made me uncomfortable. It's issues with women. Uh, maybe that's just it. Just the, the awkwardness of, you know, Jim Carrey mugging all over the goddamn place, but it wasn't horrendously bad. And Hey, no transphobia. Yeah, a nice, yes. a nice change of pace. You gotta give me something. <laughs> um, I'm so gonna, yeah, I would say yeah. Man of Child's not an idiot. I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, Man of Child's not an idiot. Uh, I thought that I was gonna come back and be like, boy, I like this movie a lot and it's bad. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, there problems aside, but uh, the it's a little awkward. I mean, there's awkward moments and, clunky, and I guess. yeah, it's not like. <laughs> Saying it's a good movie would be a, a gross exaggeration because, you know, there's some writing problems. There's obviously the problem with how they wrote women and, and like, didn't give them much to do and sort of use them as trophies and all that kind of trophies stuff. Trophies and plot devices. Yeah. But uh, that aside, like, it wasn't as actually uncomfortable as I was expecting it to be uh, yeah. on rewatch. And uh, there were some really in- enjoyable moments. Less... Uh, only a couple of them were while the mask was the mask, but there were some good moments from Jim Carrey. There were some good moments from the dog to the two main players of this movie. There's a good Peter movie from Reiger. the, uh, yeah, Peter Roger. Uh, <laughs> at one point, I can't remember what the, what the joke is that the mask makes, but he, <laughs> the detect- oh, uh, Stanley makes a joke and the detective just kind of go- nods like, oh, yeah, that's a good joke. Oh, it was, was a that? Rodney King joke. Oh, that's right. When they're going through, uh, well, he he gets hurt when he gets the handcuffs put on him or something. Goes, mm-hmm. ow! Where's a camcorder when you need one? And Peter Riker just sort of like, I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. So end of show. <laughs> if you have memories of this movie or others that you want to share with us, six one five five seven six zero five two five is your is our hotline. You can leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. You can find us on all the. Uh, the internet things on the Facebook, on Just the Twitter, on up. the Instagram. If you want to support us, you can become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. And we want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Brandon Hardy, Christine in Brooklyn, his honor, the mayor, Jeremy Powlin, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Curd, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghosts in the Burbs, and Jonathan Day. Oh, I thought you were going to go one more higher. Uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, you're helping us keep doing this show and uh, not be destitute, which we really appreciate. And, we'd be put uh, out on the streets. Yeah. We'd literally have those barrels with the suspenders. We'd be podcasting in like, I don't know, a tin can with a wire <laughs> we'd, attached we'd to it. We'd start by saying, ahoy, hoy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to take you out with uh, Damon saying Cuban Pete one more time. Here we go. My name is Cuban Pete. Check it, check I'm the king of the mamba beach. Rumba. I got a bit of a boom. Sabada boom. Sabada boop. He's the hottest guy. Oh, thank you. He's the hottest guy in the world. In the world. Wow, I, uh, I feel like I was transported on the <laughs> wings of song. 
from the wing.